0: his new customer that he knocked Tom down out of hand, and drank more beer that night than he usually did in two, in order to be sure of getting up in time next morning. For the more a man's head aches when he wakes, the more glad he is to turn out and have a breath of fresh air. And when he did get up at four the next morning, he knocked Tom down again, in order to teach him, as young gentlemen used to be taught at public schools, that he must be an extra good boy that day, as they were going to a very great house and might make a very good thing of it, if they could but give satisfaction. And Tom thought so likewise, and indeed would have done and behaved his best, even without being knocked down. For of all places upon earth, Hartover Place, which he had never seen, was the most wonderful, and of all men on earth, Sir John, whom he had seen, having been sent to jail by him twice, was the most awful. Hartover Place was really a grand place, even for the rich north country, with a park full of deer which Tom believed to be monsters who were in the habit of eating children, with miles of game preserved in which Mr. Grimes and the Collier lads poached at times, on which occasions Tom saw pheasants and wondered what they tasted like, with a noble Salmon River in which Mr. Grimes and his friends would have liked to poach, but then they must have got into cold water and that they did not like at all. In short, Hartover was a grand place, and Sir John, a grand old man, whom even Mr. Grimes respected. For not only could he send Mr. Grimes to prison when he deserved it, as he did once or twice a week, not only did he own all the land about for miles, not only was he a jolly, honest, sensible squire, as ever kept a pack of hounds, who would do what he thought right by his neighbours, as well as get what he thought right for himself, but, what was more, he weighed full fifteen stone, was nobody knew how many inches round the chest, And could have thrashed Mr. Grimes himself in fair fight, which very few folk round there could do, and which would not have been right for him to do, as a great many things are not which one both can do and would like very much to do. So Mr. Grimes touched his hat to him when he rode through the town. Now, I dare say you never got up at three o'clock on a midsummer morning. Some people get up then because they want to catch salmon, and some because they want to climb Alps, and a great many more because they must, like Tom. But I assure you that three o'clock on a midsummer morning is the pleasantest time of all the twenty-four hours, and all the three hundred and sixty-five days, and why every one does not get up then I never could tell, save that they are all determined to spoil their nerves and their complexions by doing all night what they might just as well do all day. But Tom, instead of going out to dinner at half-past eight at night and to a ball at ten, and finishing off somewhere between twelve and four, went to bed at seven when his master went to the public house and slept like a dead pig, for which reason he was as peart as a gamecock, who always gets up early to wake the maids, and just ready to get up when the fine gentlemen and ladies are just ready to go to bed. So he and his master set out. Grimes rode the donkey in front, and Tom and the brushes walked behind, out of the court and up the street, past the closed window shutters and the winking, weary policemen, and the roofs all shining grey in the grey dawn. They passed through the pitman's village, all shut up and silent now, and through the turnpike, and then they were out in the real country, and plodding along the black dusty road between black slag walls, with no sign but the groaning and thumping of the pit engine in the next field. But soon the road grew white, and the walls likewise, and at the wall's foot grew long grass and gay flowers, all drenched with dew, and instead of the groaning of the pit engine, they heard the skylark saying his matins high up in the air, and the pit bird warbling in the sedges as he had warbled all night long. All else was silent, for old Mrs. Earth was still fast asleep, and like many pretty people, she looked still prettier asleep than awake. The great elm trees in the gold green meadows were fast asleep above, and the cows fast asleep beneath them. Nay, the few clouds which were about were fast asleep likewise and so tired that they had lain down on the earth to rest in long white flakes and bars among the stems of the elm trees and along the tops of the alders by the stream, waiting for the sun to bid them rise and go about their day's business in the clear blue overhead. On they went, and Tom looked and looked, for he never had been so far into the country before, and longed to get over a gate and pick buttercups and look for birds' nests in the hedge, but Mr. Grimes was a man of business, and would not have heard of that. Soon they came up with a poor Irish woman, trudging along with a bundle at her back. She had a grey shawl over her head, and a crimson madder petticoat, so you may be sure she came from Galway.